1: Hi, Kiki. Yes, I know who I am.
0: (laughs) Well, Kiki, we are back in the TARDIS one last time this year. Yes, we did our 60th anniversary retrospective all through the year, but we have one more thing left to do. There's one thing we have yet to do, and that is we have not talked about a Doctor Who Christmas episode yet. Because what is Christmas without Doctor Who?
1: It's really the only thing I look forward to at Christmas.
0: I was going to say, not everybody has the greatest relationship with Christmas. And for some people, yes, the Doctor Who Christmas episode is the shining light of the holiday season. Something that we've kind of been denied for the last few years because Chris Chibnall and the BBC decided, "Eh, we'll put it on New Year's. No, No one will know the difference. I will know
1: Chibnall. I will know.
0: So yeah, the Doctor Who Christmas special dates all the way back to the William Hartnell era. So yeah, all the way back in 1965, during the, during the broadcast of the Daleks Master Plan, one of the episodes was going to be aired on Christmas. So they did a special Christmas episode called The Feast of Stephen sadly that is one of the episodes that has been junked and will likely never see the light of day again but uh that is the famous episode where william hartnell at the end of the episode wishes his companions merry christmas looks to the camera and says and i'm happy christmas to all of you at home if you've ever seen that heard that uh that sound bite or seen that picture that's that's where it's from and that is really the only christmas episode of the entire classic era. They've never done another Christmas episode, which is really weird. That is until we get to the revival era of Doctor Who, which is uh, where we're going to be this week, because we are giving a brand new Doctor Who Christmas special. It will be the first full adventure for a brand new Doctor. And we've decided to go all the way back to the last time this happened, the first full adventure of a brand new doctor that just regenerated, we are going back to 2005, the Christmas Invasion. Yeah, it's good. It's kind of fun going back to the beginning of the David Tennant era, as we sit here, as we said goodbye to David Tennant for the second time, maybe. That's yeah. Uh. Uh.
1: I, I, okay. Let's let's stop right there. All right. We are recording this after. The giggle has aired and we are going to do our best to not give any spoilers, but there may be some, if you know, you know, (laughs) so there, there's your warning. Um, if you're, if you're super touchy about it, uh, flip it off, go, go watch, uh, the giggle over on Disney Plus and come back to us. But uh we're going to save our thoughts on The Giggle for a different time maybe. Um but I will say and we were talking about this off mic, there are a lot of things from this episode that come back in The Giggle. Yeah. That I don't think we realized until we did the rewatch yeah. after having seen The, the Giggle. Mhm and so there there may be some times when when talking about this episode where we might say and this it came back uh full circle in the giggle so there might be some times where if it's just if you know you know um but we're going to try to stay away from any commentary on the giggle or any uh major spoilers mm-hmm. so but you know uh listen at your own
0: risk we're gonna do our best mm-hmm. So yeah, the idea of a Doctor Who Christmas episode. uh, uh, I'll throw it to you, Kiki. When you heard that that David Tennant's first episode of Doctor Who was going to be a Christmas episode.
1: I mean, it was something for me to do on Christmas. Mm. Did this even air on Christmas in the states? It did. Um, Well, I mean, it 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 did not air on christmas in the states i don't think but um i uh watched it on christmas in the
0: states i think Ah, ah, ah. (laughs) Um, completely completely legal (laughs) yeah
2: um i okay according to what i'm finding online it did not air on BBC America
1: until 2007, but I believe it came, It was coming on Sci-Fi Channel
2: mm.
1: in 2005.
2: We interrupt our program to bring you this important message.
0: Hey everyone, this is Tuesday, editing the podcast, and I just came in here uh, as I'm editing to uh, kind of clarify some things. Uh, the Christmas Invasion did air on the Sci-Fi Channel on September 29th, 2006. Not 2005. Just correcting that. That uh, And as Kiki would say, it didn't air on BBC America until 2007. Uh, yeah, just to clarify.
2: Now, back to our show.
0: As I said, now, watching the episode the same day as the UK airing is a such a luxury. We did not have that in two thousand and five. What I do remember is that when they made the big announcement that this was going to air in the states, they made a, uh, a a deal they made a they made a big deal about having scenes not part of the original u k broadcast. And what they meant by that, what that ended up meaning, was they actually aired an extended version of the Christmas Invasion with the children in need special airing before it. It'd be first time that's ever happened. Before, have never, first time and only time that's happened where they've aired the children in need special in the States on television. So you got this extended intro where it's just this children in need special and we'll get to it in a minute. And it going directly into the Christmas invasion.
1: Yeah. The, the interesting thing is that. The. Children in Need special actually really does need to be part of the Christmas invasion because it
2: adds context that even if you know how regeneration works,
1: and remember, this was the first regeneration of the new era, so this was letting a new generation of viewers know what is going on here. okay? but even if you understand regeneration as a concept. The children in need special. Is some really amazing character building for both Rose and the doctor.
0: And since the last episode prior to this ended with them saying, let's go to Barcelona. We have to find a way to get them to not go to Barcelona and go back to London. Yeah.
1: And that's the thing is if you just watch the official episodes.
2: Okay. Mm -hmm. The. Official. Episode.
1: In parting of the ways. Has the regeneration and David Tennant shows up and he says, Oh, let's go to Barcelona. And then it ends. And then, if the next thing you see is the Christmas invasion, the Christmas invasion shows up with. The doctor as David Tennant stumbling out of the TARDIS in London next to Rose's uh council estate and stumbling into the arms of Jackie
2: and Mickey and saying Merry Christmas and passing out.
1: and there's the question if you don't see that children in need special of like what happened to barcelona and what happened to the doctor
0: so i mean you you wanna you wanna talk about the children in need special and what happened to the doctor yeah so let's get into it children in need while this is just listed as doctor who children in need special it has been given the name "Born Again" by, I believe, fans. It, I believe, the show, the TARDIS wiki lists it. it lists it, uh, the TARDIS wiki listed under the name "Born Again." So we pick up immediately after the last episode. With they the detect-
1: even they even play in the in the special the regeneration sequence.
0: You you get a short recap of Parting of the Ways. You get the regeneration sequence. Barcelona. And then there's David Tennant. Still in Christopher Eccleston's clothes. Saying what do you think Rose? How do I look? And Rose is like. What the hell is going on? Who are you? Where's the doctor? Bring him back. I love
1: how smart Rose is here. And that. She thinks that it's like a teleporter or nanogenes gone wrong or she lists all these things it could be because yeah, she's, she's, seen. Yeah, yeah, that she, she, she's seen all these things but she's never seen regeneration before and that's a step too far for her brain
0: I mean she's just spent the last as far as we know at least one year traveling with the doctor so she's seen a lot of things so she can try to figure out what's going on who are you? What did you do with the doctor? Did you did you transport him away? Are you a nanogene clone? Are you a Slathine? I love that she skips to
1: Slathine.
0: <laughs> That's a good one.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean she she cannot say the planet name. That was part of, part of the whole thing in, in that in that episode. She cannot say Raxif- Raxif- Rax Rax
2: 20- Twenty You can't say it either. I,
0: Twenty years later I cannot say that planet's name. Raxicorico fallipatorius. Thank you. <laughs> um
1: Yeah, I am I am desperately in debt until the day I die, but uh for a linguistics degree, but I can say Raxicorico fallopatorius.
0: <laughs> and the culmination of that is Rose actually saying the planet name.
1: Yeah. Um But I I like that even though um one of the last things that christopher eccleston does is to warn rose that this is about to happen it is very difficult as a concept you know because we know that rose is already kind of catching feelings for the doctor Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, this guy that you've been traveling with, you've put your trust in, you know, you've caught feelings for, and you get, like, 20 seconds of lead up of, I'm about to die, I'm going to change everything about me, but I'm still going to be me. And then all of a sudden, he explodes,
0: and and he's David Tennant. Yeah, he's, like, a totally different dude. I mean... It could have been worse. Just ask Perry and the Sixth Doctor. When he's trying to freaking choke her.
1: Yeah. I mean. There as, there have been weirder regenerations. But. You do feel for Rose in that moment. Yeah.
0: Even if there wasn't. Any kind of romantic feelings. Here's this person. This person she sees as her friend. Is just dead and there's this new man claiming to be him she doesn't know she doesn't understand it she doesn't she's trying to understand it and even later in the episode she says the doctor is gone he's not here anymore
2: the so, the thing is is that one of the things where you feel bad for the, the doctor is When she finally
1: grasps the concept of like, okay, it's, this has actually happened. Okay, I'm, I'm finally getting the idea of regeneration. And she says, can you change back? And he says, do you want me to? And she says, yes. And he says, no and you can see the look on his face is like do you not like this face do you not want to be with me anymore yeah i mean he's he's genuinely hurt and then his next question to her is do do you want to go home like can can you not deal
2: with me in this form is this too far for
0: you and i do like her reaction like do you want me to leave and Doctor says no. I don't want you to leave. But if you want to leave, I'm not going to stop you.
1: And that's when we get the change from no more Barcelona, let's take you back home so that you understand I'm serious. If you if you want out of this situation, you can you can have out, you know. It, it's it's your choice. I'm not forcing you to stay. Which good for the doctor. Mm -hmm. You can tell how hurt he is that she might want to leave. That she might not be able to deal with him in a new form. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But he is genuine in that he will not manipulate her into staying.
0: Which is a first for the doctor. (laughs) Yeah. The doctor
1: doctor has finally learned about consent. Good for the doctor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We are no longer kidnapping teachers and bringing them on a ride or having uh yeah kid teachers teenagers young women but uh yeah he's he says you know he's serious you know I'll take you home you can leave if you want I don't want you to leave but I'm not going to make you stay and he says you know I'll even make it a christmas present you know I'll take you to christmas eve you could spend christmas with your mom And then it hits the Tardis starts shaking. The doctor starts convulsing. The regeneration has gone wrong. He's puking up regeneration energy.
2: Yeah, that's that's the weird thing is that. He he does that. And it's a problem. But we've seen. We've seen that happen since then, and
1: it hasn't been a problem
2: Ooh, no.
1: i'm not, i'm I'm not saying that doctor who has to be the most consistent thing in the entire world, but
0: a tiny bit of
1: consistency maybe please
0: i mean up until the revival, regeneration always looked different every time
1: I mean up until the revival, there was no such thing as canon, so like.
0: Yeah. <laughs> But, But, you know,
1: if you're if you're going to try, try a little bit. Eh.
0: But he also gets erratic, which, again, is 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 part of the course for regenerations as as the doctor tends to not be himself in the first few hours of his regeneration. He just snaps into a more aggressive personality. We got to go faster. We got to go faster. We're going to rip through that vortex. Rose, I can't stop myself. Rose, stop me. Rose, let's go faster. Rose, help me. Help me, Rose. How, I mean, imagine being Rose in that situation. This man, again, your friend just changed his face. Is telling you he's still your friend. Is asking you to help him while he's being erratic as all get out.
1: Yeah, and David Tennant being erratic
0: is always fun. <laughs> it's a great introduction into all of this and a great oh (laughs) one thing we forgot that will play into this episode is he goes through all of his little stuff to with himself he checks his wrist and then realizes there's a joint loose in his wrist yeah which does play up and he talks about oh i've got hair i've got sideburns and then Rewatching this, he goes, I have a mole in the back of my shoulders. I love it. I love the mole. Rewatching that, (laughs) that comes back.
2: That's the thing that comes full circle.
0: Oh. And the fact that it took me to rewatch this to realize Oh, that was a reference. (laughs) Yeah, it's a really
1: obscure and strange reference, but it's if you know, you know,
2: go back and watch the giggle. Yeah, it is. Very. Interesting
1: how much of the setup for Christmas Invasion
2: is done in this episode Mm. you know
1: this special because in the uk everybody would be watching it it was you know children in need is is a massive thing in the uk and even if you don't watch the entirety of children in need you're gonna tune in and you're gonna watch the doctor who thing if you're a doctor who fan Mm -hmm. You know, or it's you're going to skim it later on iPlayer until
0: you find it, you know I mean it was two thousand five it was already over YouTube
1: well, yeah, I mean, but they were a bit more um it was it was a bit more difficult to find mm. sometimes on on things like that. I I think it's safe to say that while the. The reboot under Christopher Eccleston was a bit of a hit in the US. Mm -hmm. It really did not hit massive until the David Tennant years.
0: Yeah. I mean, for a lot of people, even now, David Tennant is the doctor, for better or for worse. It took a
1: little bit because of the delay in being shown in the U.S. Unless you were a classic Doctor Who fan who was desperate to get a hold of the new episodes it took a while for the new stuff to trickle over to the us for it to find a home to be aired for the fandom to catch up mm-hmm. for you know mm-hmm. for a word to get around that it was actually good and that you
0: should watch it you know yeah, cause when it was airing on Sci-Fi, I think it was airing like Friday night, and even then, it was kind of considered a, a death slot.
2: Yeah, and you know, it took me a minute to, to kind of get into
1: it, and for to hear other people who had watched it earlier to tell me that you need to be watching this. Mm. You know so i watched the eccleston stuff a little later like when it came out on Mm sci-fi um so i was a little bit behind some of my more enthusiastic friends and definitely behind my friends in the uk who were already talking about it um and once my friends who were more into the classic series and they were like you know okay no 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 you need to you need to be watching this um
2: then i i got into it at that point but i wasn't
1: really seeing so much of a resurgence at like conventions and stuff you know um until David Tennant had taken over. Mm. And I think it was just because BBC was the getting their act together and getting the episodes over in the US faster and people were catching up faster, you know. Mm. Mm-hmm. and word was getting out that the the series was good and worth watching and you know yeah so it's, it it's not a shade to Christopher Eccleston i'm just saying that in the US it due to rights issues and distribution issues it took a while to catch on over here yeah. whereas i think in the UK it took off a lot faster. I mean, it's
0: BBC's own show. They're gonna air it, you know. Yeah. Automatically, but to find a distribute a, a distribute uh, find distribution in other countries because a lot of people thought, oh, it's gonna be on PBS in the states, and and that's not what happened at, the, at originally. It Well, you know, it took about six or so months before we finally get it on on Sci-Fi, which at the time made sense the science fiction channel should have the science fiction show. That was before they changed their name to Siffy, but that's a different story for a different day. Yeah. But it made sense at the time. And then when BBC America really started getting its foot going, oh, why not the BBC show on BBC America? A great doctor who did air on PBS for a bit, like, 2 years after that original airing and even some of the David Tennant episodes aired on the Disney Channel in the states which is really weird to say now. Yeah. Kiki, I assume you watched this episode on Max, right? I did. I did not because um I watched this on the brand new Doctor Who New Who Collector's Edition box set, which I've gotten a few weeks ago. And I got it. Ooh, fancy. And I I got it because it was offering something that, as of right now, December 2023, is not available in the U.S. That is the new digitally remastered Season 1 through 4, which just got released in the U.K. You can buy Season 1 through 4. Digitally remastered, they made a big deal out of it. But as of now, as of December 2023, the only way you can get this in the states is to buy this big old box set, which I did because I didn't have most of the episodes on Blu-ray, and I wanted most of the episodes on Blu-ray. And I must say, it looks good. If you are able to get it, do so. And I'm pretty sure they'll release the season one through four. Remastered box set by itself at some point, but for me, I couldn't wait, <laughs> so I did watch this on the new, on the new digital remastered uh, set, and it looks good. But enough about that. Let's get into that other part here. Let's get actually get into uh, the Christmas Invasion, picking up where the Children Need Special left off. This is. Tennant's first episode, and he's like unconscious for two thirds of it. I had forgotten about that, but you know
1: what He acts lying in a bed so well <laughs>
0: like this is really a Rose Tyler episode.
1: well, the reason i mean, yes, we wanted to do a Christmas episode, and yeah blah, 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 uh, Tenant's first episode, uh, Tenant in the giggle, and all that kind of stuff. Okay, lots of reasons why we wanted to do this episode, but let's be honest here. The reason we wanted to talk about this episode was we had been talking about the fact that we didn't really get to talk about
0: Harriet Jones. <laughs> oh, you're scoping right in that. Yeah, we did not do the Harriet Jones episodes when we did our retrospective uh but yeah let's talk about so i know that you're like oh this is a rose episode
1: this is not a rose episode this is a harriet jones episode so harriet yeah, jones is the main character of this episode
0: harriet jones pr- the new prime minister of the uk the new prime minister of england we first met her Uh, we first met harriet jones with the Slovene.
1: Yeah, in Aliens of London and World War Three, back with the Ninth Doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, And she was just a backbencher MP, which, for those of you who don't know, UK Parliament speak, is just like... She represents a tiny area, and she doesn't have much power, and she is not really well-known in parliament she doesn't you know she's not one of the major people you know and they usually sit on the back rows in parliament and they don't get to say much and they don't really have much sway over legislation uh etc um she was representing a tiny place called flydale north
0: (laughs) And kudos to the Doctor Who team. They actually created a, a, a website based on this fictional town w- for Harriet Jones. Th- that, they don't do that anymore, but I'm glad that they did it then.
1: Yeah, Doctor Who and Torchwood used to have like some of the best tie-in websites and, uh, you know, like myspace pages and all yeah.
0: kinds of interesting stuff that tied into the episodes and gave you a bigger backstory on certain aspects of the episodes They don't do that now and i kind of wish they did but in an era of social media being more important they'll just put it on twitter they'll put it on facebook to put it on youtube
1: yeah so the important thing about and really the the only thing that is important to this episode from those that two-parter um with the ninth doctor when she first met the doctor and rose is that after the crisis is over as she's going out to speak to the media and tell them that the crisis is over The doctor turns to Rose and says, Oh, now I remember why her name is so familiar to me. Harriet Jones is going to become Prime Minister of the UK. She is going to be elected for three consecutive terms as Prime Minister, and she is going to usher in a golden age for Britain. Okay? So we get the idea that this woman. Who is in the, that two-parter seen as kind of this like you know nobody? Yeah, she's a nobody. She's kind of a joke. She's
0: nobody just, knows who she is. She has to constantly say who she is and what she, and where she represents.
1: Yeah, um, but that she is going to end up being very important and be very good for the uk okay britain's golden age the doctor's exact words okay so this is our second meeting with harriet jones in the christmas invasion and when Rose gets the doctor into Jackie's apartment and, you know, they get him in bed and, you know, all snuggled up and they're trying to figure out what's wrong with him. Uh, Rose turns and sees Harriet Jones on the TV and she goes, hey, I know that woman. And Jackie says, yeah, you should know the prime minister. She just got elected and I just got a raise, and people are saying this is the dawning of a golden age for Britain. So we know that in the context, Harriet Jones has just been elected in a landslide, she says. Yes. (laughs) Okay, so the public put Harriet Jones as a prime minister in a landslide election, and this is the like right at the beginning of her term maybe months into her term
0: okay i again i don't know how the uk voting system works but it's christmas i i, I can you educate well they a, they, the they don't
1: they don't have they don't have like a necessarily like
0: Traditional election, uh,
1: tra- traditional voting date. I don't think like we do, you know, in, in November kind of thing.
0: Um, and, it's, and it's also likely an emergency election because the prime minister was killed by the by the Selene.
1: Yeah, so I mean, we're I am not sure exactly the difference between the uh, the Selene and the election that harriet jones was elected in we're never told how long that yeah that, that we're happened. we're never told exactly how long but we do know that it's very early in her first term as prime minister okay the way the timeline is supposed to work out according to the ninth doctor okay harriet jones is at the beginning of her first you know term so that's important to remember for the context of this and she is in charge when the doctor's regeneration and the probe that the UK has now sent out and it's one of those like voyager probes the UK has now sent it out as one of those Hey, we're going to do some scans, but also we've put that plaque in case aliens run across it to be like, "Hi, we're humans. This is the, what we look like and this is where the Earth is and here's some music and here's, here's some blood. Yeah, here's some blood and here's a wheat seed and a sample of water and, you know, uh all kinds of stuff." Um and it gets intercepted by the sycorax and i love the sycorax because their name is a shakespeare reference Mm. um sycorax was the mother of caliban in the tempest Mm. later on when the tenth doctor meets shakespeare Mm. He will make make a joke when he sees like a skull lying somewhere that the skull reminds him of a Sycorax mm-hmm. and Shakespeare says, "Oh, what a wonderful word <laughs> and so that <laughs> that we'll is supposedly <laughs> the like where Shakespeare gets the word, you know, but um,
0: I mean, does he really understand the mavity of the situation?"
1: I don't know if he understands the mavity of the situation, but, you know. I like the idea that it's multiple things working together that cause this situation.
0: And also the Doctor is still puking up regeneration energy, which is going into the atmosphere and going out into space, which also summons the Sycorax. The Sycorax is following this energy signature to Earth.
1: Well, yeah, and that's, that's kind of my point is that, like, it's not just, one thing or the other you know the Sycorax may have missed the probe Mm -hmm. or the Sycorax may have missed the regeneration energy or the you know whatever but the fact that all of these things were happening at the same time Mm -hmm. is kind of just a perfect stew of
0: like oopsie (laughs) One of my favorite things about the Sycorax is that it's a, their first transmission and how it's explained is such a deep cut reference. You have to be a hardcore Whovian to understand the reference. Because it's a reference to the Max Headroom
2: incident. For those of you who don't know
0: what I'm talking about, in the 1980s, early 1980s, in Chicago, and I know this because I do live in Chicago, during a PBS airing of The Horror of Fang Rock, during the airing of the episode, a bunch of local people hijacked the transmission signal of PBS Chicago affiliate and broadcasted themselves one of them is wearing a max headroom mask and doing all of these goofy things and we kind of get a reference to that in this episode with the pirate broadcast and with the explanation that it's an idiot with a rubber mask that is such a deep cut reference and that you have to be like hardcore into the fandom to understand that reference
1: yeah and you know the best thing about that is to this day nobody knows who did
0: that yeah no one knows who did it yeah it's like 40 years later no one knows it is
1: it is really really fascinating like there are lots of really cool um, deep dives on YouTube. If you if you don't know about the Max Headroom incident, go look it up, because it's really creepy in a way. Yeah, for reported... something
0: so bizarrely innocuous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hate to be the person who was recording the horror of Fang Rock that night. But they have, I mean, that videotape is floating all over YouTube now of this incident.
2: Yeah, and
1: the thing is, is that they didn't just break in one time. They broke into other things, including into, like, a football game. The news. And yeah, the news and stuff. So, but it just happened to be that, like, you know. But- the first people time record with- people record Doctor Who because, you know, geeks are like that. So that's the one we have the most context for. Um and that you see the most often is the that particular one because more people were, were recording that. Um and you have the um the second most recorded one was the football game one. Um the one that's slightly rarer to find was when they broke into the news um but yeah it's it's fascinating because nobody to this day knows who did it although there are some really good theories out there but it's fascinating (laughs) that like somebody did that uh over the course of like two days i think or maybe three and then they didn't do it anymore and nobody ever caught them And nobody ever took credit for it. And it's been
0: 40 years. (laughs) But that shows you how much of a superfan Russell T Davies is. That he's going to reference that in his Christmas special.
2: Yeah. And also, it's not even a thing that happened in the UK. It's
0: like a
1: weird piece of tangentially related Doctor Who ephemera from another country.
0: One city in another country.
1: Yeah, one city in not even most American Doctor Who fans.
0: Just Chicago.
1: Were really into, yeah. Or, or really uh, hardcore Max Headroom fans.
0: Yeah. Because that's how I heard about it. <laughs> yeah. So back to the episode, though. So, yeah. You mentioned this being a a Harriet Jones episode. Yeah, the whole most of this episode does focus on Harriet Jones. The doctor is incapacitated. The Harriet Jones is trying to find help, asking people, Has anyone seen the doctor? As has no one seen the doctor. He hasn't shown up. We don't know what's going to happen. Well, if these aliens get hostile, we need to defend ourselves. Harriet Jones walks up to a unit soldier. I don't know if this is the first reference to unit in the in the modern era but he's wearing a military uniform his bag says unit on it so it's a unit soldier she walks up to the unit soldier and says okay i'm not supposed to know about this but i know about it anyway can we get torchwood on the line on standby in case these aliens get hostile and this is the first mention of torchwood in the modern era. The year-long storyline of Torchwood that would eventually lead to the spinoff. Cause at this time the 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 Russell T. Davis era had a lot of we're gonna drop this word, this phrase all through the season. It's gonna culminate at the end. Season one with bad wolf. Season two was Torchwood. Season three was Mr. Saxton. So here we are with our first mention of Torchwood. And who knew at that point how much Torchwood would mean to the fandom and to the show?
1: I really like how it starts out with like. Get Torchwood on the line, they just lost a third of their staff, and then of course, we find out later with Torchwood, and you're like, well, Torchwood's like, what, like five people?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we would get a whole big building of Torchwood at the end of the season, most of them were killed by Cybermen, but...
1: Well, yeah, I guess at this point, it's like a whole big building. And then, like, after that, it's five people.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So that gives the impression that Captain Jack is still here somewhere. The future Captain Jack, after just being left on Satellite 5 by the Doctor. Well, the thing
1: is, is that Jack is mentioned in the the Children in Need special. We kind of glossed over that. Yeah, when
0: when he starts convulsing and puking up regeneration energy, he says, let's go back, let's go get Captain Jack to fix this. And the Doctor says, no, no, no. Captain Jack has a bigger mission. He's got to rebuild the Earth. Which we find out is a lie. Is a lie that the Doctor is telling Rose because he knows what Jack is. And he wants Jack nowhere near the TARDIS. I find it interesting that they use the
1: TARDIS translation circuit as a measure of if the
0: Doctor's okay. I've mentioned this before, but there is a symbiotic relationship between the Doctor and the TARDIS. If one of them is out of commission, the other isn't really going to work so well. As Rose says in the episode, the Doctor completes the circuit. And he's out of commission. They broadcast a bit of the.
1: Sycorax. Transmission of course you know. And. Rose. Says that she should be able to understand it. Because the TARDIS translates. In her head. And that since she can't understand it. That means that something is very wrong. And that must mean that the doctor. Is part of that somehow and that of course carries through the the episode
0: so yeah the only translation we get is from i assume this is unit
1: you can see the unit logos on the wall behind them when they're walking around um so yeah we are we are definitely in unit headquarters underground also they are in the tower of london which is the old unit headquarters up until the new show gave us unit Avengers tower.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Your so, mileage yeah. on whether you approve of that may vary. So, yeah, I mean, ha, ha, the unit obviously wouldn't know who the doctor is and his knowledge of alien races probably helped them develop an, an alien translator. So the only translations we get are from the unit translator.
1: I do like that once they have enough to translate the Sycorax language, it's like Sycorax strong, Sycorax mighty, Sycorax rock. And then everybody looks at him and he's like, as in the modern sense, like they they rock. <laughs> That made me laugh at the time, and it still makes me laugh now, and I don't know The doctor
0: programmed that. You know the doctor programmed that.
1: But I just like that that's how the the Sycorax, you know, introduce themselves.
0: Hmm. Surrender your planet or they will die. And we find out what they are is one third of the Earth's population. Using that blood sample that's on the satellite, as the doctor would call it, blood control, you can yeah a positive blood, yeah, anyone with a positive blood is forced to walk up to any kind of ledge on any building and just stay there, and that's the threat is that we will kill one third of your population. If you do not surrender your planet to us.
2: Yeah. And once,
1: you know, uh, skipping ahead again here, because again, Harriet Jones's episode, they, once the, once the threat is made and a third of the world is standing on some ledge somewhere, uh, including the Royal family, it turns out,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: the Sycorax say like, okay, who speaks for the planet? And Harriet Jones is like, well, I guess that's going to be me.
0: But I do like before that, she says, send a message to the Sycorax that on this planet, today is a day of peace, and we extend that peace to you, which seems to be denied. Well, but I like the
1: second half of that. Mm -hmm. We're we're downplaying the badassery of Harriet Jones, Mm -hmm. because that is not her entire message. Today is a day of peace on planet Earth. We extend that piece to the Sycorax, but also
2: know that planet Earth is armed and we do not surrender.
1: I mean, that second part is freaking badass, and we cannot underestimate that. Mm-hmm. Like, there is something to be said for,
2: hey, we are not going to start this fight, but dear Sycorax,
1: don't start nothing, won't be nothing. Mm. And that's that's Harriet Jones's whole point. Like, I do not want to fight you, but do not think I'm not prepared. That is a very Doctor Who thing. I'm I'm just going to say. Like most of the doctors are. That's kind of their code of conduct.
2: I very much want to deal with this peacefully. But if you push me. You know,
0: I will end you.
2: (laughs) That is that is a very
1: doctor code of conduct there um
2: and to see harriet jones using it you know she's got no backup but that that's her message Mm -hmm. um
1: and when the sycorax you know they they pull their little blood stunt and they they go like okay who speaks for the planet and harriet jones just Steps the hell up. Like, she doesn't even contact the other world leaders. She's just like which I kinda guess is a very British thing to do if we're being yeah. honest with ourselves.
0: I mean it's an American thing to do too.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm kinda I kinda wonder if the American president had a positive blood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Otherwise there may have been like a, a bit of a fight. Like, okay, so this woman and that dude over there both say they speak for the planet. Which which one is telling the truth, you know? Um I'm not
0: gonna let this, you know, derogatory word for a British person that begins with an L that I will not say is thinking she's more than me. I'm gonna wait, now I have to go on the roof now.
1: <laughs>
0: it was really
1: it's really interesting that like they get up there and of course it's the guy who sent the probe who put the blood sample on there and it's like the military
0: general or whatever. Yeah. you get the scientist, the general, the translator and Harriet Jones.
1: Yeah. And the four of them get, get teleported up to the cigarette ship and the, scientist is all like you know hey it's, it's my fault and everything and they kill him and then he, the general
0: yeah he even says you know hey when it, we are children compared to you in terms of the stars just give us a chance to to grow and we can do this together you're trying to broker us in peace you know yeah and it's he, he gets killed
1: yeah, and then, of course, the general is like, you know, hey, even aliens have to have, like, rules of warfare. You just killed a prisoner in your in your control. That's against every rule of warfare we have on Earth. You know, how dare you? And they kill him. But I do like that Harriet Jones knows to keep her cool. I mean, it's it's awful what had just happened. But she is able to maintain her cool in the face of, you know, the murder of two of her people in front of her.
0: I mean, if she had lost her
1: cool, she'd be dead. Yeah. And I mean. Compare that to the Harriet Jones that we saw in the two parter with the ninth doctor. Yeah. You know, she's come a long way. In that.
0: And as all this is happening. Uh, Mickey, Rose, and Jackie have moved the Doctor to the TARDIS. They can't work the TARDIS, but they figure it's the safest place to be while the end of the world is happening.
1: And they know that, like, they can't fly the TARDIS anywhere. They can't wake the Doctor up or anything. So they're just gonna lock the door of the TARDIS, take as much food in there as they can, and just sit and wait and hope something happens. (laughs) Um,
0: You know? Which is really weird considering the TARDIS has food replicators.
2: Yeah, but you know how it is. Yeah it probably makes Jackie
1: feel better to be like well I'll bring food and do cooking and Rose is like d- d- they have food synthesizers in the Tardis and Jackie's probably like yeah but it's not as good as mum's home cooking you know
0: and if the doctor would say the children need special well having eaten your mother's cooking
2: yeah um so yeah, they're they're all just kind of sitting there waiting. And, of course,
1: Jackie goes, Oh, I'm going to go get another, you know, bunch of food and stuff from there. And Rose trying to figure out how to turn the TV on in the TARDIS <laughs> accidentally
0: sends a distress signal or something. And... The Sycorax picked up. They de- They detect... They detect what they, they know it by name. They know it as the blue box.
1: Yeah. I think it's just the, uh, I think it's just that the translation software doesn't recognize TARDIS Mm. or whatever in Sycorax, you know?
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, but when Rose stumbles out and gets caught, Uh, they decide. Ah, she has the TARDIS. She speaks for humanity.
0: She must be the doctor. (laughs) And she even said it. someone has to be the doctor if he's not going to be the doctor.
1: But I like Rose trying to bluff her way out of it.
0: Just using all of the alien words she's learned over the past season. Just jumbled them up. They don't mean anything the way she says it. And the Sycharaks kind of see right through it. But she, her saying, you know, according to the shadow proclamation of the Council of the Gelf and the Council of the Slovene, I order you away from this planet in the name of the Daleks. <laughs> she tries. And the sick rackets laugh at her, stolen words that mean nothing to us. But as this is happening, Mickey hears Rose scream, drops the food he has in his hand, including the tea that Jackie had made in a thermos, which drips on the TARDIS console, turns the TARDIS into a humidifier? Because the, TARDIS, uh, the tea falls onto the TARDIS machinery which burns it, which turns it into vapor, which the doctor breathes in. If that's not a, a, a humidifier, I don't know what is. And as this is happening, as the Sycorax is just gloating and saying what they're going to do to the planet, as the translator is translating what he's saying, it slowly turns into English. And it's it's very funny because the Sycorax later... And the translator are saying the same thing at the same time in English before the translator figures out what's. what he's speaking English.
1: And I love how the Sycorax leader is disgusted by the suggestion that he would speak
0: English. How dare I would never speak Earth tongues. Yeah. I speak Uh, only Sikarax language.
1: Yeah. But I love how I... The, the one thing I really like from this episode is when Rose goes, but if I'm hearing English, that means it's being translated. And that means, and then there's just that like dramatic turn as everybody turns back towards the TARDIS and the camera zooms in and the doors open and there's David Tennant standing there in his pajamas like, miss me.
0: <laughs> and I, do, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a gag in, In this episode, but apparently these are Jackie's boyfriend's pajamas. Yeah, Jackie's boyfriend who keeps
1: fruit in the pockets of his dressing gown. He gets
0: hungry. In his sleep, sometimes. And we never see who this boyfriend is, but just on the way Rose reacts, she doesn't like the guy. Like you're not still seeing that guy, are you? Well, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's apparently like the the grocer or something that is down the street. That's one way to get free groceries. Yeah, well, she said she knew he was flirting with her when he started delivering to her house, which is apparently not a normal thing.
0: In 2005,
1: well, I mean, now you'd have just like a random, you know, Door Dasher or something.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have an app on my phone. I can order groceries anytime I want. <laughs> uh, not not
1: a not a grocer. He works at a fruit stall. So uh, that's why the fruit is always in his dressing gown. <laughs> uh, I had yeah, I had I had missed that.
0: But it but uh, the point stands that he was flirting with her. He's giving her free fruit. Don't give free fruit. Don't look free fruit in the mouth, as it were.
1: Yeah. The funny thing is, is that there is a point in this episode that it, it revolves around the doctor finding a Satsuma <laughs> in in the pocket. And at the time this aired, I did not know what a Satsuma was. But in the years since. A Satsuma farm has opened up in my town. And so now there is like a giant Satsuma farm slash stand in my town that sells to like the entire area.
0: And apparently this is some sort of, again, dumb American here. Some it's It's a reference to a British Christmas tradition.
1: Maybe, I don't know.
2: We interrupt our program to bring you this important message.
0: Editor Tuesday back once again, and I did look this up after we got done recording. And yeah, the Setsuma is a Christmas tradition dating all the way back to the historical St. Nicholas. There's a story of a man struggling to find husbands for his daughters because he couldn't pay the dowry Saint Nicholas took bags of gold and slid them down the chimney landing in the girls stockings that were warming by the fireplace and landing in the stockings and there you go the Satsuma is to represent the bags of gold in the stockings there's your context and uh yeah
2: now back to our show
0: but the point is, the Sycorax see the Doctor as Earth's champion. And the Sycorax leader ch- um... Oh, well, well the thing is,
1: is that we, we kind of skipped over the, the bit about uh, the first thing the Doctor does hmm. is that he talks about he doesn't know what kind of man he is yet because he's just regenerated. Hmm. And the first thing he has to figure out is if he sees a giant threatening button that must never ever be pushed,
2: is he gonna push it? Yes, he is. The
0: large candy like button,
1: yeah. And of course, everybody is like, Oh, you just killed them, and then the doctor's like, I don't know, Sycorax leader what do you think did i just kill them and i love the sicker acts leader like trying to play it off like we have allowed them to live for now and the cigarettes leader being like yeah 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 you allowed them to live because you never had the ability to kill them anyway
0: you know so, yeah we find out that blood control is essentially hypnosis you can you can Influence them, but you can't make them do something that they don't want to do. Yeah. Such, and Such as and, jumping off a building.
1: Yeah. And he, he says specifically that it's like in the way of hypnosis, you know, you can hypnotize somebody to cluck like a ch- chicken or sing like Elvis, but you can't hypnotize them to death. Because people's survival instinct is too strong. So you can use the blood control to make them climb up to a height and stand there, but if you were to give the command to jump, the people it would break the control. Because, you know, they're they're not gonna do that. So the doctor just hits the button and insta it ends the control. Uh but we do get our first Um, use of, well, use, our first instance of one of David Tennant's big calling cards. Uh, Licking things what you should not be licking. Stop licking things, doctor. I mean, and this is not just a Doctor Who thing. If you are familiar with David Tennant's oeuvre of work, David Tennant is constantly licking things what ought not be licked. And sometimes just licking things what ought be licked because, you know, a lot of times he's, like, eating things or, you know, whatever. But...
0: (laughs) Oh, and that happened. I was like, oh, David, why you gotta be like this? (laughs) But, yeah,
1: I don't know what it is about him, but in, like, every project he's ever been in... it, it, it
2: is the tongue thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Is like what what's the line from Mulan?
1: Like dragon, a lizard. I don't do the tongue thing. Yeah, he's <laughs> like David Tennant is like part lizard. I'm I'm sure, because um, no matter what he's in, he's finding a way to do something weird or off putting with his tongue.
0: Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like I would just like if like one of one of his characters and it doesn't have to be Doctor Who, but just one of his characters just licks something and just dies.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that when he took over as the doctor, the doctor immediately began tasting things to identify it, which was not a thing the doctor really did before. That was not a common thing for the doctor.
0: The closest we would get is sniffing the air. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, the, the the air smells like Earth in 1970-something. You can tell that by the air? Yes, not a lot of pollution.
1: <laughs> yeah, but for some reason, uh, he he started using that as just a thing the doctor can do is putting random things in his mouth and identifying them. Uh, And it starts here where he licks the blood in the blood control machine and identifies it as human blood, A positive, with a little (laughs) too much iron. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And that is the first time we, we see his doctor do that, and it continues... Um, all the way through the 10th doctor and then again with the 14th doctor. Yep. It it happens again with the 14th doctor in the new specials. Um, so it, it has survived two iterations of David Tennant doctors. Um, but if you watch other things, you know, he does it in good omens. He, you know, his Harry Potter character had a weird thing and I was like, is that in the books? No, it's not in the books. I don't know why he does it there. You know, it's like
0: I don't know if he did it in, in Jessica Jones or Broadchurch.
1: Um, He he I don't remember it so much in Broadchurch, although I think he does eat a lot of stuff. Um, And I think in Jessica Jones, there is a scene or two where he does something weird that I noticed that I was like, oh, there it is. I feel grounded now. Um, but it does happen in, in basically every, everything he's in. Like, I think you like physically have to stop him from doing it.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, but anyway, once, once he kind of sets that the blood control is, you know, a little bit of hokum, then we get to the point where he's like, Okay, I I challenge you to one on one combat for the fate of the planet. And then we get an old Doctor Who staple, which is a sword fight, which was kind of Four's thing. Three. Uh, But Four did it too, because Legopolis, there's a massive sword fight in Legopolis. And Three did
0: a sword fight with the Master.
1: Yeah. So I mean, we've we've had it over a couple of doctors. I remember the ones from Four More because there's that that really funny thing where Tom Baker is trying to fence and manipulate the scarf because mm. he keeps tripping over the scarf. <laughs> it wasn't Legopolis in that one. It was it was a different it was a different episode. Um, but there is a great bit where. Tom Baker is fencing with somebody and I forget, but it's one of the points where the scarf was at its longest and he's constantly fighting with the scarf.
0: Well we've referenced, well, we've referenced two fourth doctor episodes in this podcast already. Yeah, no, I mean it's 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 incredible, but um yeah, so it does start a trend of the doctor making pop culture references as he mentions, you know these people they don't know about the stars yet and then he quotes the lion king which is extra funny now that doctor who is disney or airing on disney
2: yeah it is
1: uh it's really funny because i love how when he started going into that do you remember how hard you laughed when you first saw it uh, when when you realized what he was doing. Yeah. And I was like, are they even going to acknowledge that this is the Lion King? And then he just stops and goes, no, wait, that's the Lion King.
0: <laughs> it's a great sword fight, too.
1: It's really well done as a sword fight. I I like it.
0: I and, don't know how much of this was actually David Tennant and how much was a... Stunt man, a sword fighter.
1: I mean, I'm sure part of it was, but you know, I mean, David Tennant's done enough Shakespeare. He he has to have some stage combat in him. hmm Um, this is where we get the
0: the handy the, spare hand.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is where we get the origin of you know the eventual Metacrisis Doctor, Handmade Doctor. You know that kind of stuff. Um, and we've we've talked about that before.
0: Um, but yeah, again, it it gets referenced in the children in need special as he says he has a loose joint in his wrist. It gets cut off here, falls to the ground, which is found by Captain Jack to become his doctor detector, which stays on the TARDIS. Which eventually becomes the metacrisis doctor leading into the doctor Donna. We talked about that, leads into the sixtieth anniversary. You're all caught up, but I like the the bit where
1: he's like, "Oh, I know what kind of guy I am. I'm a
0: lucky guy, uh because um he has enough leftover regeneration energy to grow a new hand.
1: Yeah, and we watch him, you know, grow the the new hand. Uh and then Rose throws, throws him a new sword and we get, you know, yay, sword fight and he disarms the Cirax leader and he says, I'll spare your life if you promise to never ever come back and, you know, um
0: Swear on your life. Swear on the lives of your people. The blood of your people. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, The blood. Yeah. Well, considering he used the blood of Earthlings. it's Well, a, yeah.
1: But, I mean, I, I like the, the callback, you know.
0: Yeah. We get a nice reference here as he puts his robe back on. And he says, I like the robe. Very Arthur Dent. And Indeed. you mentioned something off mic. You want to mention that now?
1: yeah so we uh, of course this this wasn't you know we didn't know what would come in the future when this was filmed of course but um everybody knows who georgia Tennant's father is of course being peter davidson but um kind of lesser known is who georgia Tennant's mom is um and her mom is an actress named Sandra Dickinson. And if you don't recognize the name uh, right off the bat, you may realize that uh, her—you may recognize her uh, if you watched the *Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy* um, TV series from like the, the 80s um because she was trillion on that series a lot of people don't realize that georgia Tennant is you know has a little more sci-fi cred (laughs) than than a lot of people uh, realize because her her father is doctor who and her mother is trillion
0: (laughs) so it's very funny that he made a hitchhiker's reference in this scene yeah did he know
1: yeah little did any of
0: us know and he Uh, mentions that he met arthur dent and And it's very odd does he mean he met the actor or did he meet the actual person is this actually the second earth what i
1: what i like it I like to think that since Douglas Adams did write for Doctor Who, mm-hmm. that they are making Hitchhiker's Guide somehow canon to
2: Doctor Who. <laughs> I mean, he was on the spaceship Titanic.
0: Yeah, so... Oh. And So, you know, you fill in the blank there. Yeah. Douglas Adams fans, go wild. But I do...
2: I do think that this has one of the kind of best endings question mark for a
1: regeneration episode Mm -hmm. because, you know, he, he makes the Sycorax leader swear and I guess the Sycorax don't put any, uh, stock in, you know, promises. Because Leader gets up and immediately tries to stab the Doctor in the back. And the Doctor throws the Satsuma and hits a button and makes the Sycorax Leader fall to his death. And the Doctor, we get the first bit of that oncoming storm part of the Tenth Doctor that we would get occasionally. Yep. When he, he says, just says, no second chances, I'm that sort of man. Mm-hmm. And boy, the first time I saw that, I was like, ooh, that that makes your blood run cold. He will
0: give you the chance to walk away once. If you don't, well, he's not giving it to you twice.
2: And
1: then he goes out and he gives that amazing speech about you know i banish you from earth for all time and when you go out and you tell people about the earth and how awesome it is remember to tell them it is defended and then we get the part of the episode that was why we wanted to talk about this episode Because honestly, we've talked about everything in this episode before. Yeah. We've talked about all the characters and everything, but this kind of final-ish scene of plot, you know, we get the after bit where, like, it's like, oh, what costume am I going to wear? You know, let's sit down and have Christmas and figure out if Rose is going to stay in the TARDIS and whatever, which it's like, meh. That's tacked on at the end. We don't really care, but the final bit of plot for this episode is the reason we wanted to talk about this episode yeah,
0: and so as, as we mentioned, Harriet Jones is calling in Torchwood to be on standby in case the cigaretteexs get hostile and After the threat is passed, the translator who gets a message to and relays it to Harriet Jones saying, "Hey, Torchwood is ready." All you have to do is say the word. And she looks at the doctor with Rose and Jackie and Mickey and they're all happy and they're all hugging. She looks back at her translator. Yeah, do it. And Torchwood fire. Torchwood has somehow made London the Death Star. Because all of these lasers pop up all over London Convenient in, convening in the center, and blasting a big old laser right at the Sycorax ship. It's the Death Star. It's the Death Star laser. You guys know what I'm talking about. And destroys the Sycorax ship. And the Doctor is horrified at this. How could you do this? They, they were leaving. They had surrendered. They were no longer a threat. But Harriet Jones actually makes a valid point here. Number one, yes, they are running away. But who knows what they'll tell other races among the stars. Who knows that they'll they'll tell other races to come to Earth. We might have another alien invasion on our hands. And you're not going to be here for it. You don't stay, Doctor. What do you do? You come here, you, you do a thing, and then you're off. Who knows when you're coming back? I need to look after the, my people, and I have to th- think of the best interests of my people and defend this world. Harriet Jones is not wrong. Yeah,
1: and here's the thing is, is that the sicker acts, and we just said it. I mean, we just said it. The Sycorax leader just proved what that he they did. don't put any stock in promises. They are not beings of their word now what maybe it was that one guy, maybe the Sycorax leader was just a douche, but we don't
2: know, and the thing is is that neither did Harriet Jones. Maybe the
1: doctor knows, maybe the doctor knows that like, oh, that one guy broke, you know, the most sacred rules of the Sycorax or whatever. But we don't know. And we have just as much information as Harriet Jones. Mm. Okay. She just watched a guy swear on the blood of his people that the earth was safe from them. And then try to stab a dude in the back in the
0: back. He just saw the same person kill two innocent people, two of their two of his own prisoners for no reason.
2: Yeah. And. So, I mean.
1: I hate to say it, but if I'm Harriet Jones. Maybe I'm doing the same thing because. It's basically luck that the doctor showed up when he did. Because Harriet Jones had been through 95% of that crisis
0: by herself. She even went on television saying, if any of you know the doctor or if you the doctor, please help us. And he didn't show up.
1: Rose walked out of the TARDIS and said, the doctor is gone. He is not coming to help us. We are on her own our own. She walked out of the TARDIS and said that. Okay. The fact that he showed up miraculously at the end. Great. But Harriet Jones had just been through a situation where the TARDIS showed up without the doctor as far as she knew. The doctor's companion walked out and said, nope, no
2: doctor anymore. Just us. And, you know, flash forward ahead.
1: We go through another situation where like, yeah, basically. The doctor doesn't show up either. And it's a bunch of humans having to fend for themselves. And who shows the hell up for
0: that?
2: Harriet Harriet Jones.
0: Jones. Yeah. Sacrificing herself. Yeah. For Earth.
1: But here's the thing. So Harriet Jones uses this weapon to destroy the Sycorax. And the doctor's like, they were going away. They were no threat to you anymore, which we don't know. Thank you, doctor. And then Harriet Jones lays out the like, excuse me, you're you're not always here. Earth needs a backup plan for when the doctor doesn't show up. It's not like we just have like an emergency doctor signal. You know?
0: Mm
2: -hmm. I mean, he's not that
0: yeah, he and even after the threat is done, he doesn't stay. He just leaves.
1: And he just told her, because she's like, how many more are out there? Uh, like the Sycorax. And he's like, oh, you know, about a gajillion D, and they all know Earth is here now. So,
0: I mean, does that sound safe to you? That's shocking. Imagine you're this one person, one world leader... Who's already lived through one alien invasion that successfully got covered up. And a second one that no one can cover up. Yeah.
1: She even says there's an act of parliament banning my memoirs. Yeah. Because they're not allowing people to know that, you know, aliens exist. Yeah. But this is the thing that, you know, people are going to know aliens exist now because... You know,
0: which itself gets retconned later, but it's Doctor Who.
1: Yeah, Doctor Who cannot quite figure out if people know whether or not aliens exist. Which is very confusing. Just figure out whether people know aliens exist or not, Doctor Who. That'd be great. Earth
0: sees a Dalek. They run. And then a few years later, here's another Dalek. What is this thing? Four years later, another Dalek. What is this thing? Yeah,
2: I mean,
1: ow, my brain. Just stick, stick to one thing or the other. That's not even like minutia of canon. Just do these people know aliens exist?
0: Yeah, they can never get there. their Yeah. They can never. They can never decide. But point. But back to Harriet Jones.
1: Yeah. So the doctor gets so mad at her that he does what is possibly the worst thing that the doctor t- has done, like in the context of New Who. Like, yes, okay. Before we pick up his story in New Who, he's doing like genocides and stuff, and that's awful. But this might be one of the one of the w- worser things he does in New Who.
0: Let's backtrack a bit to what you said at the beginning of this podcast. Harriet Jones, as far as the doctor himself said, is meant to lead England, the United Kingdom, a pre-Brexit United Kingdom at that, into a golden age, serve three consecutive terms as prime minister, and is going to make the UK better. Yes,
1: yeah, she bit, is she, going to improve live, the life standard for everyone in the UK. Somehow,
0: as, we don't as, know. As we said, as you said earlier, Jackie got a raise. Everyone got a raise. Everyone is getting paid more. And Harriet Jones has only been in office a few months.
1: Yeah, I mean, they are already calling it. A golden age and she is right at the beginning of her first term. Imagine what this woman is doing in three terms. Mm -hmm. And remember terms. For prime minister in the UK are not set like they are in the US. For our US, you know, people. It's not like you serve for four years and then you're up for election. Okay, so we do not know how long. Harriet Jones is actually originally meant to serve as prime minister.
0: Okay? And judging by her own policies, by the few times we've seen her already, she is quite possibly the most progressive prime minister in UK history.
2: I mean, she... We
1: don't know exactly what she was going to do. We just know that the doctor himself was considering her a force for good. Mm -hmm. Okay. The doctor sees her do one thing where she stood up against him and said, Look, I made a hard choice because you are not always going to be around. OK.
0: And she's not entirely wrong and she's not backing down. She stares the doctor in the eyes. I did I made the right choice. And the doctor says.
1: Basically, like, who do you think you are? Don't you know who I am? I can bring down your administration with one word. And she challenges him.
0: No, you can't
1: this bad ass biatch challenges him you are the most amazing man i have ever met but i do not think even you are capable of that
0: and he says no not one word just six six words i can take you down don't you
2: think she looks tired The
1: doctor. The David Tennant doctor on top of everything.
2: He walks over and as basically his first act as doctor.
1: Scuttles Britain's golden age with the
0: power of sexism. His ego was challenged. And the Doctor doesn't like when anyone, any incarnation of the Doctor, does not like when their ego is challenged. And I'm counting Jodie Whittaker in this as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, her her incarnation had that too. But, and I mean, you know, she used the power of racism to take down the Master, and I was against that.
0: Oh, if we ever get around to that episode.
1: Yeah, but. And and I mean, if you if you don't believe me. Ask yourself if you think that is a believable storyline. If Harriet Jones is Harry Jones. If that is a. Man.
0: As a prime minister that challenged the doctor on that level.
1: And the doctor says, I can bring you down with six words, and the six words are, don't you think he looks tired? Is it a believable story that within 24 hours, that man is facing a vote of no confidence that brings him down as prime minister?
0: Okay, I'm going to get political here and I don't like getting political on my podcast because it's not a political podcast. Joe Biden, how many people call this man Sleepy Joe? His entire presidential run, he's been called Sleepy Joe. Not one vote of no confidence. Yes, they're trying to impeach him, but his own political party are not going up against him saying this man has not the mental faculties or the physical faculties to be president. But for Harriet Jones, she's a woman and she's tired of vote of no confidence.
2: And if you're if you're talking
1: about U.S. politics, you know. Hillary
0: Clinton was running for president. Yeah,
1: just look at when Hillary Clinton was running for president and how many people talked about like, oh, what do you think her health is like and everything? And I mean, say what you want about anybody's policy. That is fair game. Okay.
0: You don't have to like the current people in charge. You don't have to.
1: But the difference in the way that it is discussed is very much a marker of how we treat men and women in the same position. And the fact that this was the plot point that they used to bring down Harriet Jones still angers me. Because. And this was a
0: Russell T. Davis written episode.
1: Yeah, I mean, he is credited as the only writer.
0: Now, granted, there's already been talks about his questionable choices of words in the three new specials. So that's nothing new. That's nothing new. Yeah. But. But. But the thing
1: the thing is, is that what happened to Harriet Jones and the fact that the doctor would so flippantly change the timeline. Because here's the thing. If she is meant to become prime minister. And she is meant to herald in the, the, the golden age of the UK, all that kind of stuff then wouldn't this action already be part of that?
0: This is the first... I just thought of this. This is the first instance of Time Lord Victorious. It kind of is, yeah.
2: It's just such a... I don't know. it's, It's so
1: annoying to me that... The Doctor never gets his comeuppance for this.
0: And this leads to so much problems in the show. In the world of Doctor Who, this one act sets up so many problems that lead up into the rest of the series. Because Harriet Jones' is vote is voted out. No confidence, which leaves a power vacuum that leaves a a rookie a rookie politician named Harold Saxton to suddenly rise up the ranks and become prime minister. Who's Harold Saxton? Oh, yeah, the master. Yeah. Because of this one incident, the doctor having an ego check directly leads to the master becoming prime minister and And all of that damage that comes from it. And the doctor never faces repercussions for that. Not even in the episode, not even the dialogue. It's not even insinuated that it's this is his fault.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, is that, you know, while while we're on. Harriet Jones, I mean, they they directly say. In the in the sound of drums, okay.
2: That Harold Saxon shows up right after Harriet Jones gets voted out.
1: He is. He's not there, and then he shows up in the power vacuum created by Harriet Jones
2: being removed as prime minister. And. Hmm. Why, why did that happen?
1: Maybe because the timeline has changed in a way it shouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. And a Time Lord would know how to capitalize on that. Yep. Um, but you know, I I have to say that as
2: much as I I am mad about the
1: the way harriet jones went down as prime minister one of the best things to me about harriet jones is that she never apologized for what she did and she went basically
2: underground and we find out in stolen earth that she went and created a...
0: The Subwave ne- the subwave Network.
1: Yeah, the Subwave Network, that's what it's called. She went and created this Subwave Network to connect all the people who knew about the Doctor that would be capable of coming together and possibly saving the Earth in case the Doctor didn't show up.
0: The Doctor's secret army, she called it.
1: Yeah, um, and so when the Do- when the Daleks showed up and the Doctor wasn't there, you know, in in that way to protect them, she would she was able to connect, you know, Torchwood. Sarah Wood Jane Smith, with, yeah,
0: Sarah Jane Smith, Torchwood, yeah, Martha Jones and UNIT, yeah.
1: You know, and um, make make them into the network that was able to, you know, yes, okay, the doctor was kind of there, but, you know, she was able to rally the troops when the doctor couldn't because she never gave up on the idea of, One day the doctor's not going to be here and we're going to need somebody to step up. And so even though the doctor ruined her life and arguably all of the UK politically, she was like, screw it. I know my nation and my planet needs protecting, so I'm going to keep on keeping on and do the work. Even if I don't get the credit for it. Even if I don't have the resources for it. This chick was badass from start to finish. And the doctor never apologized for what he did to her.
2: And like. Ugh. A lot of people who were like with the the doctor on it.
1: Were like. Well you know. The doctor is just supposed to be like. Anti-war. In general. You know like. Completely anti-violence. And I'm like. But is he though. He just did his no second chances. But when Harriet Jones does her. No second chances. We ruin not only her life. But the entire golden age of Britain. Mm -hmm. That's the thing I can't get over. Like it's one thing to be mad at Harriet Jones. But you are mad at her for one action. Versus the knowledge that she is going to improve the lives of an entire nation. And we don't know what she does to.
0: Bring about the quote unquote golden age. But it's good enough that the doctor sees, like you said, sees Harriet Jones as a force for good. Let her cook, as the kids say.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like, we already know Jackie's getting a raise and stuff. And Like, was she pulling people out of poverty? Was she ending, like, a housing crisis? Was she, like, you know... More funding to the NHS? Like, what is she doing that's leading a golden age? Hmm. Maybe Earth was more peaceful among itself.
0: We don't know. We will ne- we'll never know.
1: We will never know because of the doctor. Because the doctor had a hissy fit. Uh, I it, it I have I have so much respect for Harriet Jones. And this has been, like, the one, like, real thing about this version of The Doctor that has stuck in my crawl all these years.
0: And then it goes directly into Song for Ten. This happy-go-lucky, well, I woke up today. And it's playing over Harriet Jones being like,
1: I don't know where you're getting rumors about my health. Stop it. And The Doctor just being like, Yep, well, I did a good thing there. Like,
2: no, stop playing the happy music. You just ruined that woman's life.
0: Harriet Jones did nothing wrong. I'll say it. Harriet Jones did nothing wrong. Justice for Harriet Jones. Yeah. Yeah. I want to mention make the mention here. You mentioned this when we first talked about David Tennant. When he's giving his outfit the scarf.
1: Yeah, that scarf he wears. I forget if it was like his aunt or his grandma or somebody, but some female relative of his knitted him that little scarf that he's wearing at one point when he was a kid. That was his uh, fourth doctor cosplay scarf that he ran around as a little kid being like, I'm Doctor Who.
0: That's that's the Christmas Invasion. I'm glad uh, glad Doctor Who's coming back to Christmas. I'm looking forward to the new special, the first full adventure of Shuri Gatwa as the Doctor. Very looking forward to it. And uh, what this new era of Doctor Who will become as we, you know, yeah. So let's move on to next week is our actual Christmas episode. Next week will be the next episode will release on Christmas Day. And we're going to do a classic Christmas movie, Miracle on 34th Street, the original, 1947. So come back next week for Miracle on 34th Street, our Christmas Day episode. And we will talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye. We are on the X, formerly known as Twitter, at Rewatch The Magic. And new episodes are available every week at RewatchingTheMagic.podbean.com. Remember, the magic is for everyone. It only stops if you let it. Don't let the magic stop here. Join our conversations on Facebook, Instagram, and Threads at Rewatching The Magic. Podcaster fun. But there's work to be done. We encourage you to get involved. Here are some organizations we support.
1: The American Civil Liberties Union fights for the constitutional rights of all Americans. Find them at ACLU.org.
0: The National Network of Abortion Funds helps people find access to safe abortion services. Their site is abortionfunds.org.
1: The Trevor Project provides a 24-7 crisis helpline for LGBTQ youth and education services for schools on LGBTQ issues. They can be found at
2: thetrevorproject.org
0: Or find a way to help in your area.